G'day, Pape Forty here. I was just thinking about how almost everyone knows taking the red pill has uh, damaged their life. Now they've damaged relationships with their family, with their friends, with their community, with their educational institution, with work, the wider community. And, uh, you know, why does that happen? Like, doesn't the red pill mean that you're more accepting of reality? And so, why do people like blow everything up when they swallow the red pill? And uh, how do you recover from blowing up your life after getting quote unquote red pilled? So, in case you don't know, taking the red pill refers to seeing out of the matrix where you take the red pill, you'll see reality and uh, might make you unhappy but you'll be in reality. So you'd think that embracing reality, right, that would make you more successful. But yeah, getting red-pilled seems to damage a lot of lies and that'll hard time emerging out of the ashes of their lives. So I guess my first thought is that for most people who are damaged by taking the red pill, it's a very distorted red pill that they've taken if they become less effective at negotiating reality they become less effective at dealing with people after getting red pill but two not everyone who takes the red pill damages their life so I'm thinking about the people whose lives it hasn't damaged uh, they're discreet they don't blurt out their opinions unnecessarily they don't say or write things uh, publicly that are going to damage their lives so that they maintain a sense of discipline and discretion and uh, they don't try to talk about politics or distant ideas or harsh facets of reality with people who don't want to hear it. And most people are going to be particularly interested in our opinions on controversial issues. So. I don't know, about 5% of the people I've known who've taken the red pill have emerged you know, completely unscathed because they've used good judgment in who they discuss uh, controversial things with. But let's say you've taken the red pill and it's damaged your life, kind of alienated you from the people around you. How do you then recover? And I think the answer is you seek to have the best possible relations with everyone in your life. So for some people that means you just stay quiet. <laughs> they really don't want to hear from you. So the best possible relations you might have with a neighbor or a co-worker is just to stay quiet beyond perhaps a formal good morning, good afternoon. Uh, for other people it means you use you know, great discretion in the topics you talk about. So you don't want to get into hot button religious, cultural, political issues with most people who are in your life. So you use good judgment. Some people having the best possible relations with the people around you means that uh, you keep things light, you keep things upbeat, keep things funny. Uh, other people it means you talk about sports or the weather or business. I mean you seek where you have common ground where you can create a shared reality and build a a rhythm where you're playing off of each other, you know, developing a bond that then creates an, an ethic and a replenishable source of 
energy. So for some people it might mean talking about Torah, other people it might mean talking about work or whatever cl you know, class you might be in. And then as you build relationships, right, that naturally builds on itself a rhythm of the right. Well, you can get you can have great relations with people who are on on the left. You don't want to get stuck in argument, but you can just find out about how they see the world and find out what you have in common. Maybe you're both interested in TV show Succession, or you're both interested in making money or raising a family or doing yoga. But you know, really good things develop out of shared bonds, shared ties, you know, developing connection with other people. Right, you get energy to do the things you need to do, and if you get the energy to do the things you need to do, you're more likely to do the things you need to do. It's going to put you in a better position in life, which means that you'll have the opportunity to interact and connect with people who are similarly doing the right things in life. And you'll all lift each other up. But if you get stuck in some kind of antisocial dynamic, then only antisocial people want to hang out with you. Like the worst thing about being an addict is that you're primarily going to hang out with other addicts because anyone who's healthy is just going to smell the stench of your addiction on you and naturally keep, keep their distance from you. I think another part of uh, recovery from you know, overdose of the red pill is uh, reading contrary perspectives. You know, read the New York Times, read academic studies that, that challenge your point of view. And that's everyone who tunes into this show, it was on the right. So read, read the good, you know, the best left-wing thinkers. Do I live in LA? Yes, I live in Los Angeles. Though I've spent a lot of time in Sydney the last 18 months. So I don't know about you, but when I read the best left-wing thinkers, you know, often they make points that I have no, <laughs> no response to. But I, I can't shut, shut down their argument. And it's like, oh wow, they're raising a good point that I've never even thought of. So I think that's humbling. And like that push more in reality when you're appropriately humbled. And you realize you don't know it all. Dr. Beck was a good source of contrary opinions. How has Dennis, Dennis Dale said anything more? I don't I have no idea what's going on with Dennis Dale. I don't know who Dr. Breck is. But uh, you, you really listen to you know high IQ commentary or, or studies or perspectives from different point of view of your own. You'll, you'll be challenged and you realize you don't know it all will make you less arrogant and uh, easier to get along with and uh, help your recovery. So I notice on the distant right many people become obsessed with Jews and uh, oh Ezra Klein. Well Ezra Klein started doing some some thoughtful podcasts. You know he's got some some thoughtful content. But uh, it's interesting when people who become obsessed with the Jews and convert to Judaism, right, and also 
that they're dealing with the negative repercussions of being red-pilled by, you know, TRS and Richard Spencer. Like, how do they come out of that? And the best way is, you know, meeting people where they're at and connecting with people and having best possible relations with people. So, like everyone at your synagogue might be left-wing, so you're not going to bond, you know, on the matter of politics with them. Finding a high IQ discussion where the speaker does not sound uh, silly is like finding a needle in the heart tackle. No, it's not you. Like start hanging out on Google Scholar. Like if there's a topic that interests you, such as talk radio or COVID vaccines or the Holocaust or, I don't know, Jewish influence in the news media. Like go hang out on Google Scholar, read the best of academic research on whatever topic is uh, grabbing your your attention, and like learn what you know, the best minds on the topic have had to say. Uh, when you simply listen to people, right? Listen to where people are coming from, even if you're only listening listening to them to dissect where why you disagree. You're banned from Google Scholar. That's bogus, that's not true. You can't be banned from Google Scholar, accessing Google Scholar. But uh, like when, when I'm, let's say, stuck with someone who has very contrary points of view to me and I find the points of view even obnoxious, uh, I find it useful and stimulating to try to figure out you know, why I disagree with them so passionately. Like what's the... That's the nub of the disagreement. Now I'll come down to a different, uh, different perspective on uh, human nature, usually. Or the other party may be ignoring the role of genetics or early imprinting or some of the basic, some of the basic like that. But. Now, why would taking the red pill embracing reality you think it just has such an alienating effect on people? And how do you build the build back? Well, it's got to begin with recognizing that you're frequently out of line, right? When you offend people, you're hurting people. Now, when you play football, you're hurting people, right? There's tackling. Forty needs to play CNN during the show instead of Fox. When you needlessly offend people, you're hurting people, and then you're giving them incentive to hurt you. So, dialing back your need to hurt people, and maybe investigating and uncovering why you're driven to hurt people. Hurt people hurt people, right? So, people are at ease and comfortable and respectful towards themselves, tend to be at ease, comfortable, and respectful towards other people. So, uh, meditation, I think, is going to help for some. You know, prayer, exercise, uh, psychotherapy, 12-step programs, uh, yoga. I'm sure there are a lot of different things that people can do to become more at ease and more respectful of themselves. Which then leads to more respectful relationships with others, which tends to reduce one's level of anxiety and sense of threat, which then makes you more open to people around you and makes you more effective.
even if everything I said about them online was 100, I'd still be counter... Okay, I didn't get to get to read. But it begins with whatever you need to do to calm down your central nervous system, right? So you have less an unnecessary sense of threat, which then opens you up. So salient characteristic of losers is idea deflection, right? Like on a scale of one to 10, how intense is your idea deflection? Like 10 out of 10 is incredibly intense idea deflection. And one out of 10, very low level of idea deflection. So the more at ease you are with yourself, and the more respectful you are of yourself, the, the kinder you are to yourself. And the more gently you speak to yourself, the less of a reactive state you'll be in. And Alexander Technique can help with that by letting go of unnecessary layers of tension and compression and body armoring. And then the more open you'll be to ideas that can enhance your life, enhance your earning, you know, enhance your excellence, enhance your social prospects, enhance your connections, enhance your opportunities to contribute to the lives of people around you, and then everything flows from there. So I guess the two primary ways to recover from an overdose of the red pill is do whatever you need to do to calm down your central nervous system. So you can rate that by the intensity of your idea deflection, right? Now you, you feel good about almost all the decisions and choices you make during the day, right? Your life should be a symphony, everything should be working together, the food you eat, what you drink, when you get up, when you go to bed, your exercise, your commitments, how you spend your time, how you do your job, how you conduct yourself at work and worship, right? If all that works together, then uh, then you should feel at ease and just be more effective in life. Okay, let me scroll through the chat if I possibly can. Luke is a brisk walking pace. Yeah, I'm running a little late. And if everything said about them, I'd still be counterproductive, unhealthy to obsess and rant about anyone. Yes. Fox is easier to make fun of. Fox is also more fun. Uh, many people are jealous that they aren't as smart as the Jews. Yeah, there's no way you're banned from Google Scholar. Uh, yeah, some people start out as members of the tribe and then you know, really grow to hate Jews. But it probably really begins with uh, self-hatred. Finding a high IQ discussion where everyone doesn't sound gay is like finding a needle in a second. I think that's true. It means that uh, the things you're trying aren't working there. There are new possibilities out there you're not looking at. How I come to love the liberal elite. Well, you can love the liberal elite for the good things they do. It's like you can love the conservative elite for the good things they do. Like pretty much every elite is doing some good things. Oh, wow, taking a lot of what you're saying. I appreciate the advice. Yeah, so Peter Zion, um, he doesn't seem destructive. So I hired a PI, he had a heart attack trying to keep up. <laughs> so there are people you can listen to who are not destructive, even if they're wrong, right? All of us are going to be wrong a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, notice the effect of what you're listening to has on you. You want a life where everything's working together, which is the best you know, possible amount. 
and uh, you want a life you know, where you're at ease with yourself and at ease with other people as much as possible the more at ease you are with yourself then the more at ease other people will feel around you which will give them a much easier time relating to you And recognizing when you've got it wrong. Like people appreciate people who apologize, try to make amends. <laughs> like uh, Dennis Dale made a lot of you know good criticisms of me. And, you know, I reached out to Dennis. I wanted to talk to him. It's like, yeah, I appreciate your criticism. There's a lot of accurate criticism there. I appreciate it. It's uh, doing me a big favor. Uh, but uh, his attitude to me is f off and get lost. So, for me to have the best possible relations with Dennis Dale right now is just to completely leave him alone. And that's true for a lot of people. They want absolutely nothing to do with 40. So the best thing I can do by them is to leave them alone. Well, they like my sarcastic humor, even major provocations.